Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. A sharp, a sharp clink to start off this week's Knowncast. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode in what must be at this time of the year the greatest place in the world to be, the snug of Grimes, the fire lighting. Disney has, like Disneyland has the summer, but the <laughs> 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 the winter. Yeah, yeah, I can think of loads of places I love to be in the summer, like Cancun, the Bahamas, like... Albufeira. Albufeira. <laughs> That's a February place. <laughs> But fuck me, Phil Grimes has the fire lit. We're here in the snug, bit of atmosphere outside. Tom's in top form despite having a cold. And by lord, we are drinking some delicious, delicious, delicious pints. And we're here towards the end of November. We're in the middle, middle to the end of November now. And it's prime season for a snug and a fire and a pint. A can, a bottle. Like it was actually, so we came out of work today. <coughs> it was lashing rain. I think there was a status orange warning. They go mad on these old fucking weather warnings. It's so they do. Ludicrous. Um, but uh, last night I think probably did warrant it. I just woke up at 6 a.m. with the wind and rain. But came out anyway. Misery. Like yeah. absolute misery. And actually, do you know how that seasonal affective disorder? It's definitely a thing. It's definitely a thing for Irish people. So I don't know. Are you aware of this? Like where basically you just get depressed. Oh yeah. Uh, during the winter months and like I think definitely in countries such as Ireland where you're on like uh, on such a latitude. Latitude. Yeah. Latitude. Yeah. Uh, where far from the equator, where by it's so seasonal in terms of. Uh, Sunlight. Day, sunlight and times of day like where like you just like it's miserable coming out of work yeah. like, any bit of rain then adds to that darkness where you have grey clouds and it's dark enough the whole place like, so you, don't, you, you, don't, so yeah, you don't have too many hours of sunlight um, 
during the day, like uh, we've nothing on the South America or not the South Americans. <laughs> <laughs> the South- Maradona on the brain. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've nothing on the the Scandinavians when it comes to hours of daylight and stuff like that at this time of year. However, when you're getting up in the morning, it's it's dark and moody, and you're going into work in that climate, and you're coming out of work, and it's dark and moody it can definitely play on you uh, I was definitely in a grumpy hole for the day and watching it can be sure the old printer wasn't working I was doing a bit of surgery on it there earlier with a paper clip but uh, yeah we got through the day and um, yeah another lovely lovely Thursday evening back to Owen's house again this week a few lamb skewers and a, a, a few garlic spuds and uh, ladies and gentlemen let us tell you second instalment of Maradona in Mexico we watched three episodes this week, I think. Or did we watch four? <laughs> three, I'd say. Lads, get on it. We are not going to give any spoilers away, but let's just say Maradona in Mexico is brilliant. It's muy bueno. It's muy bueno. Gol de los del Sinaloa. Oh, it's fucking top class. Uh, and also really good for anyone trying to learn uh, colloquial Spanish. Of course. Specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to learn how to say Diego is a cocksucker, this is the place to go. Um, uh, brilliant, brilliant. So you'll know by now I'm joined as ever by Owen Tab here in the snug, but also join us tonight, a veteran of the snugcast at this stage. He's back in the snug. Actually, this is your first time recording in the snug because anything you've been here has yeah. been taken. Ollie Sharp. How are you getting on? I'm very good, thank What's you. What's the crack? It's a bit of an honour to be sitting in front of the fire with yourselves after several uh, recordings outside of the snow. On the couch, yeah, we were on the couch a few times. The squeaky couch. Yeah, if I laugh this week, now there'll be no squeak. Um, <laughs> Crackle off the fire, maybe. Absolutely. It's uh, it's great to be there. Like, to be honest with you, you're a big sports fan. I am. And, oh, there's a creak in this couch too. <laughs> um, you're a big sports fan and what we've gotten from like what's really been abundantly clear from having a camera in a I know like technically Mexico is North America but Latin America let's talk about Latin America for a minute now uh, the passion that those lads have in absolutely every walk of life everything they do is filled with like this passion rage just this bursting emotion pure emotion like there's such a contrast it, between men in Latin America and men in Ireland these Latin American chaps like fucking bursting out stuff left right and centre Irish lads who wouldn't say fucking boo to a ghost someone. and even what's great as well is like the honesty in yeah. interviews and stuff like that like you know so like like I think with, with, with like say like Darren was saying when we were on there today about uh, uh, Jose Mourinho and him going back to Spurs and that and there was an interview when he was manager of Chelsea and he was saying, oh, I've never managed Spurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they asked him then, like, oh, what's changed? And what did he say? I was sacked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he's French. <laughs> but, like, it's their honesty. It's their brutal honesty. No, yeah, there's brutal honesty. But, like, Jose there, like, saying that, oh, I've never managed Spurs, like, that's pure, like, PR club driven shite where he yeah, has yeah, 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 a yeah. script that he has to stick to, right? Whereas Diego Maradona was asked in this in the series, I think in the first episode, he was like, Look, 
if if there was if there's anything throughout your career that you regret, you know, what is your biggest regret? And he goes, Los Drogas. <laughs> like straight up. Los Drogas. <laughs> like, straight, like straight, like you didn't have him in like a second oh, to think about it. Like. I'm like, but the thing is like, he, he like, he was leaning forward and they asked him the question and he just sat back and like cocked the beer go out and was like, just throw this. <laughs> well, like, just so honest, like, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And just, just yeah. the whole, the whole way that, like, even the players, like, they're just saying, oh, we missed the, like, we missed, like, Diego for a bit. Diego yeah. leaves for a little bit. And, but they're like, oh, we missed Diego, we missed Diego. You see, they're so passionate about what actually got, everything. Like, what drew the performance out with him was Diego's, like, yeah, yeah. ability to connect to him on an emotional level, as opposed to, like, Tactically being any yeah. good in Europe, it'd pure be about direction, you know what I yeah. mean? So, uh, you haven't watched Maradona Mexico I yet. I'm, I think I'm going to have to start now. Seeing this yeah. Actually, we said this on this podcast last week, but again, just to reiterate if you're watching it, right? When we started watching it, there's an English, uh, there's an English voice it's dubbed over, yeah. dubbed over in English, right? Go, go into, go into settings. Go back to Spanish original. Yeah, turn and then turn, Spanish turn on English. Yeah. Yeah. That's and the only way to watch that's it. That's the only way you can watch it. Okay. okay. The English voiceover is the worst thing ever. Because even there's a centre back for them, Javi Baez. Javi, if you're listening, cheer out. Cheer out to Javi. <laughs> uh, a, and, and like the last episode we were watching, he gives this like rousing speech before a game. And like we were fucking leaping out of our seats. Right? <laughs> yeah. we were like, vamos, Doranos! Vamos! Vamos, equipo de los de Sinaloa! <laughs> and the TR, the team tune is just like the, the thing that you do when you do it in Spanish original and do it with the English subtitles the team tune translated into English is like if you sang it in English you'd come across as the biggest dope on the planet. <laughs> I presume it's on Netflix oh yes yeah, yeah. Um, oh it's really really good but anyway just before we came on the mic there right just a, a little quick segment there on Coldplay yeah oh yeah I don't I didn't know how to segue between Diego and Coldplay yeah but just fucking just do it so Ed Smith on today's FM shout out to Ed Ed, 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 so I think Ed, he had like, like he'd obviously posted out a fucking rate of like Coldplay tunes and uh, people had voted so he had gotten the, to the final final four and he so, wanted to vote for those before you go on we need to establish each of our positions on Coldplay Orin where, where, where do you play as Coldplay love him. you love him yeah. Ollie, what are they to you? A big fan. They're very hit and miss with me. Yeah. I think some of their songs are really, really. I, they have some brilliant songs. Um, I think some of the more recent things yeah. are more hit and miss, but like the stuff from yeah, any of the stuff in the two thousands for me is like. Fair. Um, Again, for, for me, right, it got, stems back to that age old like fan following thing whereby if you've ever seen a band live when you're about 15 or 16 they're going to be the band yeah that's fair so anyway you were saying that Ed boiled it down to four songs yeah four songs did he do a like Snowcast style World Cup of Coldplay songs. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. I think it could have been on the show or something, and like you probably just got like people. Ed, if you're listening, correct me if I'm wrong, okay? I we'll tag you in this, Ed. I know you do listen. Um, but, uh, so he boiled it down to uh, the scientist, 
uh, yellow, fix you, and a sky full of stars. So, DJ, where do you? So, the way I look at it is, sky full of stars is a sky full of stars. A sky full of stars. The pig slaughter. <laughs> Diego <laughs> Diego has a sty in his eye full of scars and the way I put it now is Sky Full of Stars is a catchy tune but if you say Coldplay to me it doesn't come to mind um, you also had in there all I can think of is Charlie Brown because I like that song the other so Fix You Yellow and The Scientist so again The Scientist is a really really good song really really good song really like it um, but then Yellow and Fix You are on another level in terms of melody and lyrics I think and then the story behind Fix You and when you know it and then you listen to the lyrics and then you go through experience like bereavement and grief of your own so Fix You is about uh, I think it's Chris Martin not able to deal with his father's terminal cancer diagnosis so his father has a terminal cancer diagnosis and he writes this song as a way of putting down how he'd love to fix his dad and like when you hear that like it's just raw emotion and like it's a lovely song when you listen to it without knowing that when you learn that and then you experience a bereavement and the next time you hear that song it fucking hits you like a train so I think it's their best song because the point of music is to elicit emotion and it does that better than any other song that they have if you ask me good good Ollie what about yourself uh, <laughs> it's going to have to cry I was like, Jesus, fucking hell, that went fairly deep all of a sudden. I, I thought a Latin American emotion is coming out of me now. Vamos, loves fix you. Uh, for me, the scientist would be my favourite out of those four. Mm. Uh, it would be my first choice from the four. If I was to pick my favourite Coldplay song, though, it would be probably Violet Hill from Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I was going to Clash in the Ringa back in the day, and Dad would drive me up on uh, Dad would drive me up on a Sunday evening. We'd have the Viva La Vida album in, and uh, it would, you know, we'd, we'd cycle through it on the way up. Yeah. That on the uh, uh, the Meatloaf album. Um, it was. And I would do it. <laughs> uh, was Fixie on Viva La Vida? Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, I don't know, I just want Violet, Violet Hill. No, I'll fix you as our Technicolor Dreamcoat or something like that. Like the Technicolor. Fix you was X and Y. Or, yeah. X and Y or it was Milo's Island. No, Milo's Island is later. That's 2008, I think. Milo's Island? Yeah. It's going for the stars on that, isn't it? X and Y. All of it up, yeah. Yeah, so I just remember anyway from that. Choice. You wouldn't stop. My Fair voted enough. Hill overall. And I voted for um, Yellow from that, so that's from their first album. And um, yeah, so I suppose as well for me, it's very like when you know the story of Yellow as well, it's you know, it's from his grandmother who had jaundice. <laughs> <laughs> his grandmother had jaundice. He's a right miserable fucker, that Chris Martin, huh? Oh, Jesus. I thought it was like Queen of Paltrow's here. Oh, Chris. Uh, nah, I just like the song. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the fucking yeah. meaning of it. Oh, sure, look. Was uh, there a winner on his poll? Uh, or was it sorry, just like there actually, the there was, and 
I can't get it up. I can't get it up. That's the usual problem. Look, Sherlock, we actually talked about that more today as well. Go on, chat away there. I'll try and get it. Grand. Look, yellow is a yellow is a beautiful song. I I think. Yeah, it, it it is a beautiful song. When when I think of yellow, I always think of um, I, I think of it more as a love song, whereas "Fix You" yeah, is, yeah. is is a "Fix You" is is it's a it's a it's a sad song. Do you know what you you would have a tough bastard now if you if you couldn't. Yeah, but they're both great songs. They're they both are, are really they're beautiful songs. Clear. Like whereas whereas I know you vote for a "Sky Full of Stars," but like I I, I vote for a sky stars. The scientist, sorry. Do I, I think Fixer and Yellow are their elite songs. Like I'm not the biggest Coldplay fan, but yeah. I think those songs could would hold their own with most most songs from that era. Absolutely. The, we, we we were actually saying earlier that they're very no patrol esque in that they've gone down similar ish roads. Um, but the funny thing is, I don't think Snow Patrol divide opinion nearly as much as Coldplay, and I'm not. I'm not overly certain why Coldplay divide opinion as much as they do I think it's because um, they changed their genre of music after kind of 2010 okay, so did you too so did Manny Fleetwood Mac did you know so did Manny yeah but they artists. did that like Fleetwood Mac did 20 years ago whereas Coldplay have done it in an age where you've got far more social media coverage of music Right, so yeah possibly possibly well like Snow Patrol very much changed dramatically as well like so Bellex like Bellex one aren't nearly as big as either of those but like loads of loads of bands of that era when you look at the early 2000s when this like techno techno pop slash indie kind of vibe was going where people were mixing synthesizers with kind of an indie vibe and that was a, a strange. No, you got some brilliant songs out of that era, but it kind of a lot of it hasn't stood the test of time, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Whereas the likes of Fix You and Yellow does, um, without a doubt. Like, when you look at, did say contrasting Coldplay to Snow Patrol. I think Snow Patrol's early stuff really stands the test of time, like Eyes Open and that kind of, and like You're All I Have and and all that can that that pool of Snow Patrol songs is as good today as it was then if you ask me whereas a lot of the Coldplay and Snow Patrol stuff in the middle is shite you know and it actually it fitted in with the, the time like in 2004 2005 it was good music then but it just it hasn't stood the test of time hasn't stood the test of time it's like the anti Kanye West. Kanye West from then was great, whereas Kanye West from then was bollocks. It's so, yeah. so disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I suppose as well, like, our just get fucking bored of I'm sure they do, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but the other thing as well. You can change and maybe move with the times and do something different. But as well, their music is is a representation of where they are at that point in their life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like, anyone, but anyone though, like, starting out, they're young. And they they don't have children. They don't. Yeah. That's what yeah, I said. Yeah, yeah. By the time they're releasing their fourth, fifth album, their perspective on life is completely different as well. Yeah. But that's a valid point for a lot of it. Like I mean, like I know can I'm not enjoying Kanye West's music at the yeah. moment. But like 15 years ago, when he was making like the yeah. biggest bangers and like, you look at these unreal songs, now he's got three kids, four kids, yeah. a wife. He's reconnected with his Jesus stuff. Jesus and religion. That like you know that's his point of view. But contrast that then to Nirvana. Before they ever got going, Cobain had put a shotgun to his stomach in a bat. So then if you look at Nirvana, a lot higher percentage of their songs are bangers because they produce less of them. 
and they produce yeah. like it's like Father Ted yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're the Father Ted of music yeah. that's fucking brilliant <laughs> and they're both religiously teamed <laughs> uh, really really good uh, lads Oliver what are you drinking tonight uh, I'm drinking uh, Eight Degrees Nomad ooh yes. you want the Nomad yeah, so uh, I, I started with American Pale Ale, is it? No, as Tom described it, if you drink an IPA and you drink a lager and you can drink a blonde, this is a, an in betweener. An in betweener of all yeah. three of those. It kind of fits in a Venn diagram kind of nicely. Yeah, uh, they've, they've called it a pale ale, I think, haven't they? I, 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 didn't, I actually didn't look yeah. at the, the thing. He just said that that's what, if, if you can enjoy any of those three chances are you start with this now to be fair I did start with um, can I have up yeah absolutely go on I started with Rascal Brewing uh, the big smoke I think it's called yeah it's a stout uh, it's a stout and to be honest with you it was a bit too blunt for me it was very very just up front and in, like it was just I didn't enjoy it the big smoke yeah the big smoke is 7.8% it's a lot um, and I think actually the first few mouthfuls are very pleasant but a po- I think a point is too much of it yeah. it's I a very we, interesting flavour profile but it's not it's a it's a, it's not a quantity drink no. I think we had this conversation before as well in, on a podcast before in Brady's probably with the I Red think. Dead was it? It was no it was about some other it was a stout that they had fucking ages ago and but it was like it's very hard to mask a high percentage yeah. stout yeah. I think it's yeah. very it's very hard like you know, talked we, about with Big Dave when he had a uh, 12.4% stout yeah. oh fuck yeah, yeah. yeah it just it just tastes very but those imperial stouts are very uh, volatile is the word, word. no like there are people that like love imperial yeah. sets and are mad for them it doesn't suit it definitely doesn't suit my palate no. but I think I think it depends because if you're drinking a pint of it a pint is very hard to get through when you're drinking something of that complexion Yeah. whereas if you take it in glasses or schooners it's more manageable and the rate you drink it at is more manageable I just, I just still th- I just still thought that the initial taste of it yeah. like, even from the first mouthful I just still thought like it was this it's just a bit too alcoholic. I suppose as well, if you if you think about it, like what are our palates accustomed to drinking anywhere between three point five to seven percent ale stouts and vices, lagers, whatever. And then maybe if we're on go like going out for the, the entire night you might end up with like a whiskey ginger ale or end up with like a, yeah. a, a some, some sort of spirit mixer whereas our palates aren't accustomed to going straight in with a higher percentage drink like it's I, like drinking a pint of wine i still think though that like yeah, when i've had higher percentage beers or ales yeah. that are like good like around 10 percent or so yeah that like the, the taste has been better because i think they've been able to yeah. mask the alcohol taste with them I, 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 just think, just I think yeah like. I think some of the Belgian and German high percent beers are like absolutely magnificent to do yeah. this they were really good like the, the, the wheat based beers in uh, South Belgium and Germany Bavaria are like they're so good at developing a complex flavour flavor profile that they're pal- really palatable and it's almost dangerous I remember being yeah. in a village in Belgium once and drinking like a fucking 12 percenter that was like drank like a four percenter and 
it did not sit well with me for the next two or three days because I, but it was such a fucking brilliant night yeah yeah but like you you've no concept that you're drinking 12 percent which is a good and a bad thing um owen we're both drinking the same thing tonight we're on the Iyengar dunkel Iyengar the uh Alpbarish dunkel a five percent um it's a it's a golden brown lager it's a ruby red yeah it's 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 oh it's fucking absolutely yeah it's 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 golden brown they call it it's it's uh, from Munich in Germany and it's it's reflective of the um, it's reflective of the beers of the early nineteenth century late late like the the nineteenth century Munich beers. Um, I did a bit of reading up on it before we came on because I said this is really interesting it's a flavour profile that I've never gotten from a beer before um, and actually I, I, what's really interesting is it, it there's not there's like a coffee aroma but not much coffee taste it's all caramel in the taste very malty really warm malty caramel sweetness which is actually really palatable but they do use um, the, there's five different hops in it but one of the hops in it is called um, Caramunic which basically I think sums beer up wow. perfectly. Very it's good. Caramel yeah. beer from Munich. That'd be a good name for a beer, actually, wouldn't it? Be a good Caramunic name. Like maybe, maybe that's what we call this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Caramel Munich. Um, but there's some really there, 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 there is like bits of chocolate and coffee in it, which are you, you're not used to from a lager, and it definitely doesn't have that um, earthiness of a stout. Um, but it's re- oh, it's still like I've drank I've gone through a pint of it now and I, I'm actually really looking forward to another pint. Um, Speaking so, of other pints, yeah, the glass is empty and this stuff is actually fucking to die for. So we're gonna uh, take a break now. Ian might have got off his lazy hole this week and done an ad for us. We actually pretty much voice messaged him a concept for an ad last week and he never did it. So lads, if you're on Twitter, right, Joe, he's too busy organising your stag. Less said about that, the better. Uh, <laughs> if you're on Twitter, you'll see that when we published an episode, the episode with Ian uh, two weeks ago, we tagged him in it. So give him some fucking abuse because we didn't have any as last week. <laughs> the equipo de fútbol de Dorados at Sinaloa <laughs> Oh, and welcome back to this week's Snowcast it's a fucking treasure to be with you and this morning I arrived into work to greet Owen with what can only be called a gift from the gods an absolute present from the lap of Zeus's groin itself <laughs> Owen we briefly mentioned him last week we went on a white goose chase and we find him we didn't find him. I, I found him. You found him. I still have not found him. I've been it's eight shops later. I've not found him. Orange twirls. Have you had one yet? No. Nope. Oh my dear Jesus, they are good. Like if you like if you like orange chocolate. Do you like orange chocolate? Oh, Owen likes orange chocolate. Is it good? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. Answer that because is it true? <laughs> is it true? <laughs> I was like, what have I gone wrong? That doesn't mean what I do. Uh, yeah, orange twirls are seriously, seriously good. Surely, one piece in the corporal will be stopping him. No, no way. Check Stop already. the lights. 
checked. So it's really? Yeah, checked there. That'll be now my first place to go to. I am going to check. Central's John Park, Maxall, Tesco, Arkeen. Uh, Actually, we spoke. We spoke to the Jeffsons about getting them in. <laughs> um, we spoke to Kevin, and we're like, "Come on, you need to be on this orange twirl gig." Like, um, I'm not going to give away my source just in case I go back and they're sold out. We have it on good authority though that <laughs> that the hypermarket has them. Apparently so. Really? From a, yeah. from a, a leading journalist in Waterford. Yeah. We've we a, we a source. Not to say that we... Don't we are source. That's what he told us. We're his source. We're his source. He's our source. And on next week's newspaper, scandal number Y. Um, number Y. Orange, orange tours are the absolute business. And you know what? Very, very often you get these limited releases of crisps, drinks, uh, chocolate and they're very very hit and miss usually and quite often the hits are very short lasting hits and you get sick of them quite the easily the Tato chocolate bar being an absolute idea oh terrible but you see the, pro- the problem Tato had with the Tato chocolate bar I'll tell you is the chocolate that bad they used chocolate. Yeah, 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 I mean yeah, at the end yeah, of the day yeah, whoever ate a bag of Tato's and a bad bar of chocolate no, like Cadbury or Lincoln I was all yeah, yeah they should have like, teamed up they should have gone like Cadbury yeah. in association with the golden trifecta was I can I like I close my eyes I go back to like being seven or eight years of age sitting at the back door of the parents house with a can of coke yeah a can of coke I wouldn't be in a naughty step getting this treat you were not no this is after cleaning this is after dusting down the TV or something like or this is after I don't know making me bed or something like (laughs) the cold can of coke out the fridge the cheese and onion potatoes and a good batch as well a good batch of the multi-pack, multi-pack and a Cadbury's flake and you eat the flake over the bag of potatoes so the crumbs fall in and mix with this oh lads I love you I love you but like I'm a messy bastard but like I compromise to make the most out of my mess although I will say I'm actually banned from eating food on our couch because like, we spent a lot of money on a lovely couch that I adore and I'm not allowed to eat food in it. That's, not, that's for another story. That's the key to the... the, the t- but you're dead right, the Tato chocolate bar, a brilliant example, one that I hadn't even thought of, of a really bad, bad limited, limited edition release. Walkers used to do this where they get this campaign on the TV ads. Yeah, they're, they're still doing it though. Dude, they're like, still doing it. it. it just, isn't nobody watches. It's just nobody yeah. watches TV ads I think anymore. That's what it is. Um, like they're still. Cause I know I follow guys. Yeah, I was gonna say. Still like promotes yeah, this. You know, choose out of three bags yeah. or whatever. Like you have to. Because they used to kind of have. Um, they had one there like maybe five six years ago of like dinners kind of. Yeah, it was overly yeah. British. Like curry. Like, Yorkshire pudding. Walkers. Yorkshire, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of curry right mm-hmm. a current limited release from Tato is the curry chip Tato have you had these? no, no. so there's two different limited releases at the moment curry chip and hot wings oh. I haven't had the hot wings yet mm. but like in my head they're like hot lips but the texture of crisps oh. I'm going to try them during the week because actually the girl we work with said she tried them and she was disappointed mm. but right curry chip flavoured crisps what do you think they taste like a curry now don't give the dinner like a curry yeah. chip but um, 
I hope there's a gig too. But just purely from a census point of view, where do you think it'll take you when you try them? Three o'clock in the morning outside of. It doesn't go there. It doesn't. It doesn't go there. For you or in general? Uh, I actually have had this conversation with Neve agrees with me in this. I've had this conversation with a few people. Uh, I don't know, maybe like spice baggy esque or like. Where they go, they don't go takeaway curry. They're like the, the McDonald's curry. Yeah. Not McDonald's, um, not McDonald's a fast food outlet. McDonald's. McDonald's curry chip. Do you know that 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 powder? Yeah, the powder curry. It's the Irish curry. But where where. It's not a bad taste, actually. It's quite nice. I actually mm-hmm. like it. Like, mum would make, like, you know, curry chicken with chips at home. And it's it's there. It's like the home curry as opposed to the fast food curry. Yeah, yeah. Like, basically, curry for people curry for people who aren't acclimatised to spice is basically where it goes. Um, it actually, do you know what? It actually is, they actually are quite nice and palatable, to be honest with you. They, I, I enjoy the packet of them. Uh, you wouldn't go to town on your own on a share pack of them. <laughs> but uh, what I was hoping to get out of this was like there's some really current really good current limited edition releases the Tato curry chip actually isn't a bad one I, I actually do like it um, I haven't tried them yet but I see like um, your one Rosanna Davidson is that her the, the like supermodel from Clamel she's teamed up with O'Donnell's to have some sort of fucking yolk at the moment but I haven't I haven't tried them yet um, but think about the childhood right Things that came out as limited edition releases, but got kept on. I have a perfect one. What? Go on. Fanta Exotic. Yeah. Well, Fanta Exotic was always you could always get that in like the Iberian and and the kind of Latin countries. Yeah, but for us, right? When I was saying it was exotic. From, from, it was though. From, but from nine until twelve yeah. or thirteen, right? Every so often you'd spot a Fanta Exotic and it was the only thing I'd ever want. I remember shop. that, yeah, yeah. I, and I'd walk in and if I saw it, it was like, look, I'll, you know, I'll have that. Yeah. But then you mightn't see it for six months. Exactly. And yeah. that's what made it the, the like, the, the, the draw in the yeah. shop when you saw it. The limitedness. You know? um, Revels were a limited edition. Do you remember Revels? They're still out. Mm. I've seen them in shops lately. Have you, you, you're looking blank at me. They're kind of like Maltesers, but there's like a caramel <laughs> one, a toffee one. Oh, okay. okay. And like, uh, there's are Maltesers they, in them. Yeah. Are, they, are they similar to Poppets? They're, they're similar to, well, one of them is similar to Poppets. <laughs> there's four other different. Oh, there's five, four, there's five. So they, they, they're, they're externally, they're chocolate covered round. Yolks. Yolks, right? But. Each of them have a different interior. Yeah. So okay, okay. So it's this thing of like, I don't know what I'm yeah. about to eat next. So there could be a chewy one, could be a crunchy one. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, that's like the, the bean booze. Do you ever see the bean booze and things? No. All right, so you buy this box of like, they're like Skittles. Bean booze. This is just Bertie Bots every flavor bean, isn't it? No. No. They're like you buy this box. It looks like they look like Skittles when you take them out, right? But for each color, maybe you've got like two blues in the box, two reds, two yellows, two blacks, whatever. And one of them will be like a nice flavor, and then the other color will be like baby wipes, or the other color. I'm, I'm all I'm hearing is Bertie Bots flavor. Yeah. Beans I mean that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> the Cabris in and around the early noughties brought out a bar that was 
part half it's white chocolate, really half milk, chocolate. half like milk chocolate. So yeah. What was it called? What was it called? <laughs> I actually like literally. I was like, like yeah. trying to think of what it was called. Because uh, um, minstrels have done something similar at the moment, where it's like one is dark chocolate on the outside, white chocolate inside, and one is white chocolate outside, dark chocolate inside. I think Kit Kat have something along them lines. Yeah, Kit Kat have like a, a version yeah. of that. And Hershey's. We, need, we come on to Kit Kat. No, in a minute. actually, do you know what I'm thinking of? Is a Cadbury Dream. Cadbury Dream. I was going to come to that as well. Oh, so yeah. the Cadbury Dream was the first introduction, mainstream to white chocolate as a consumer product, because all you would see white chocolate before that was as part of desserts. Well, like would you like the Milky Bar? Is that white chocolate? True, yeah, but it's not pure white chocolate. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, and Milky Bar isn't overly sweet. It's it, more milky than white chocolate. And I think, it's I think as well... Oh, it's amazing. It's, yeah. like, fantastic. But I think, though, as well, that, like, previously, like, white chocolate would have been that Milky Bar thin. Yeah. Like, whereas this was the first one a where segment. it was just, like, an actual segment. Basically a Yorkie like of white chocolate. Exactly, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. And a white chocolate. Milk of white chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is what dream, dream is. This is what a dream yeah. is, like, a dairy milk with yeah. good squares. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the thing about the dream is, like, we were, the age that we were at that age, you, like, had a huge tolerance of sweet mm. intake right you must Whereas, have been what like 10 12 13 yeah yeah man, okay. I, I, so I, I have 10, no like, recollection of this dream bar at all when you had a dream bar at that age it was oh, like it was amazing whereas I reckon if I had a dream bar now it would be sickly sweet like you say yeah. I still I still like white chocolate don't get me wrong but like I love like a white chocolate lint bar but to be fair white chocolate oh, man I love them lints <laughs> Them lint balls. Oh, I'd go give for them and guzzle oh, them all day long. <laughs> Would you consider white chocolate to be a bit more of a treat than like... Yeah, I actually... Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, 100%. But, white chocolate is pure indulgence. It is, but absolutely. But, it, but there's no... In pure white chocolate, there's no yeah. chocolate. There's no cocoa in white chocolate. Yeah. No, it's like... Look at MasterChef and look at how they make... When they make like um, white chocolate... Uh, when they're trying to temper white chocolate, white chocolate is notoriously harder to temper than darker chocolates for correct, that yeah, reason. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I was. I, I did go to a, a chocolate cooking course in uh, Peru. Ooh, uh, excuse me. But I've obviously forgotten everything about it. But I'm pretty sure that there is no. Uh, spent too much. No, spent too much time with Diego afterwards. Yeah, I don't. I, there's, yeah. Um, there's no I, I'm pretty sure there's no cocoa bean um, I'm trying to think of other like limited there was do you remember did did, did um, Munchies Nestle Munchies bring out a mint version once oh no sure not is that just in my head <laughs> no you could be right though I, there's a reason why it was limited edition if it was <laughs> Munchies are great though I'll tell you the one that I'm thinking of that came back and is now a current staple okay. in the confectionery aisle is a Whisper Gold. So here's the thing. I don't think Whisper Gold was a limited edition. Talking to my parents, Whisper Gold was a thing and they stopped it and it came back because of popular demand. Well, then that's still... Yeah, yeah, you're... Yeah, yeah. Look, look, I'd say it came back in limited edition and the demand was so no, high. No, but there was, there was definitely a time though when it came back maybe as a pilot yeah 
like yeah, where yeah, it, yeah, it came yeah, back yeah. for a period. And when it came back, it was the go-to so, bar in the so shop. I think you maybe maybe you could be right where your parents. It was out all the time at, with your parents. I remember like, my mom having a hissy fit when she saw one for the first time. Right. Well, then I think when when it came out for for the first time again or whatever the second time. Was it came out then, right? I the think first I time. think though. There, there was like a period then when it stopped and I don't know did they do like market research or whatever and, and like a load of surveys or something and been like hey lads what's the crack yeah. or whatever and actually, then a relaunch and it's been out since are you reckon that the relaunch of the Wisp of Gold revitalised the love for the Wisp oh yeah yeah, yeah. I'll be a big fan of the Wisp now yeah Here, actually what do you think of tomorrow being changed to Beats <laughs> a load of bo- I haven't had one since yeah I don't, I don't think I've had either I don't think I've a load of bollocks it's like a uh, to be honest with you, like I, it took me a long time to get over the opal fruit switch to Starburst. I never saw that. Yeah, so you're too young. Actually, I have a funny story from uh, when we were in Texas tomorrow. Have I ever told this on the podcast before? I'm not sure. I'm going to tell it again. We can call it out. Flag. But uh, when we were in secondary school, we used to have a shop. Yeah, okay. So where Andrew used to be um, one of, so we went to uh, De La Salle Brothers School. So it was like brothers, brothers uh, from the fuck shop, right? And they were elderly, and as young lads, we used to message Well, you have told this before, yeah. Have I? Yeah. Basically, anyway, that when um, you were ordering at the fuck shop and sweets be, be given out, which is ridiculous now. Like nowadays, like you'd never fucking be given sweets at all. Like, yeah. like it's totally against like health policies or whatever to be giving out sweets on school. But anyway, fuck shops were mainstay, right? So you'd have it was kind of a window cut into a wall, and everyone would kind of queue up against the walls, and then once you got to the window, you'd be able to order with butters or whatever. So when one of your friends would be up at the window, and they'd be like, "Oh, can I get a fucking loop de loop? Can I get a can of coke? And get a, can I get a pack of munch?" We named an episode after this story. Did we? Yeah, in Jeff's. Oh. And the strawberry. Oh, we did. It. Yeah, we the flag. <laughs> Anyway, for your purpose. But yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, so that was one of them. But um, what what you'd also do is that you like from from hiding behind the wall. So when you weren't at the window and they couldn't see it, like when someone would be like like ordering, right? So they'd be like, "Oh, can I get a loop to loop? Can I get a um, can I get a, a can of coke? And can I get a pack of munchies?" So then the brother would be turning away. And they'd be getting the stuff, like, you know, away from it. Yeah. And then you go, and a moral, right? <laughs> so you'd be there, just go like behind the camera. And I'll have a moral as well, right? <laughs> and then you go, like, getting the moral. And because they're so old, it couldn't be like, oh no, actually, like, you'd be totally confused if you said, like, no, I don't want a moral. Yeah. So, like, you just make the land in front of you just pay for a moral. <laughs> and then you're like, thanks for the moral. <laughs> He's always on a moral, man. He has to be like, fuck it. Like, you just get a fucking elbow off the lab in front of you then. It was so good. Yeah. But anyway, is that like the. Oh, I don't think you're in the. No. Uh, I, there was another thing I remember when like, I was probably in 
fifth class, sixth class, going into first year. We'd heard this thing, right? So if you walk into, I know the, the story. Go, I never knew what it actually meant. The story going around the time was it was German for mother or something like that, right? And these lads, yeah, it's, it probably isn't like. But this used to be this thing, right? Where uh, my mother. <laughs> yeah, but like when you're in Harlem, like it's anything like um, someone to get done over, I'd be like, and I'd be like, your mother, it just made no sense. But like it used to be like this huge thing for like two or three years for us. Like everyone used to be just saying, to her, we're like, show her gumption. No one, no, no, that, no that no, happens. Yeah, but like, oh, that's classically, yeah. classic ten-year-olds. And then there was something was like, like Warren. <laughs> People just say Warren. Like because yeah. they, like there was just this fella called Warren Savage in school and he used to be fucking taking the piss and tell us out like, and then became this thing where if anyone ever made a joke someone they would back and just go Warren <laughs> <laughs> like oh, I swear ridiculous. to God it carried from we, yeah, when to, I was in fifth class till I was in second or third year we used to have um you'd, you'd be you'd be sitting down in the back of the class in first or second year. And if anyone got anything wrong, like if a teacher asked a question, you no know, lads would be like not paying attention, like, you there, tell me, what is the first constitution of the sale of goods and supply of Services Act 1978? And someone would get the answer wrong, and then someone in the back would say, Scrooge! <laughs> <laughs> Scrooge! <laughs> So it's so 12 year old. It makes no sense whatsoever. It's fucking great. Oh, stop. I, to be fair, I do that now at the moment. Have you ever seen, like, <laughs> Lucas Levity who's played with Liverpool? Anytime he was and on like a club, he, yeah, anytime yeah. he was on a club promotion video and someone got Anton wrong, he'd say, and like <laughs> So I do that and work the whole time now. But I did it the other evening at home. Uh, we were watching Suits, it might have been, I think. And um, a character that Neve has emotionally invested in had a bad traumatic experience and she, she, got, she got really upset and just turned her and went and like <laughs> she got very like she was like that, that is hurt <laughs> and like um, those things are brilliant but coming back to like the, the retro releases do you know who are the kings of bringing out a limited edition and making it a staple no I was going to say Lucas Aid. Right. When you go to Tesco now, there's like 15 different types of Luxes. Mm. When we were growing up, there was only the one. And then they brought out Orange, and then they brought out Sport, yeah. and then they brought out Citrus Clear. Mm. And then all of a sudden, they all stayed. They came out as a stayed. Now you've got Apple, now you've got Pink Lucasade, yeah. you've got fucking hordes of Lucasades. They're really good at making them stick and marking them well and, 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 and getting it to stay. This, this might sound a bit stupid, and it probably is, right? But do Lucasade original own the Lucasade sport? Because we were growing up, it was like, Jesus, they wouldn't go near each other. Like That's that's totally wrong. But what do you mean? I, I one is a carbonated drink and one is you know, a glucose replacement. The, but I presume they're owned by the same company? I think they're, all owned, they're all owned by GlaxoSmithKline, if I'm not mistaken but the pharmaceutical for, company but for years from like 10 to 12 10 to 13 everyone had this theory that like it was two two brothers right owned Lucasit and they split one made Lucasit Sport and one made Lucasit Original and it was like this big thing like oh if you like Lucasit Original you're against the other fella which is fucking that's not good because Lucasit Sport is like better for us when we're playing Hurling that's like Eddie Rockets and Johnny Rockets it, are two different but do you know what I mean I'm like it was a huge thing for us when we were young. I love a Luke's board. 
Oh, stop. I... I'd love to see the orange one make it into the mainstream. Uh, I, think, I think it can't, can't but. Yeah. Some of the, some of the Kit Kat, so Kit Kat Chunky was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kit Kat Chunky is another great show yeah. for something that was a limited release. Something that was a limited release and didn't make, didn't make it but was brilliant at the time was the Yorkie Honeycomb. Do you remember that? Yeah, I actually, I actually, yeah. That was a belter. fucking Yorkie Raisin or something. That's still around. Yeah. Raisin and Nut is still there. But and Yorkie like, Honeycomb, Honeycomb was the business. Fucking, um, but come back to Kit Kat. Kit Kat Chunky was initially a limited release and has made it. And the Kit Kat Chunky series, they've had Kit Kat Chunky Mint, Kit Kat Chunky Orange, hasn't really done it. But the Kit Kat Chunky Salted Caramel and the Kit Kat Chunky Peanut Butter I've had, well, I've had salt and caramel. I buy, I buy salt and caramel for so, whoever's on lunch with me, so like yeah. you've had it. They've a, um, a cookies and cream one as well, I believe. Yeah, it's only alright. Contra- controversial opinion cookies and cream flavours don't work beyond one bite. Um, but the OGs for the limited release in the 90s Club. Club milk, and then they brought out the orange, mint. Like, I was in club bars. Like yeah, club bars. Right. I wouldn't be a huge fan of the club bars now. Ah, yeah, but you grew up in a different era. No, hold on. This hold is when on, this is when chocolate was chocolate. Yeah, but the snack bars. What's your What's your favorite color? Snack bar. Purple. That's a good question. Purple? Yeah. Is it yellow or is it the pink? No, it's a, it's undoubtedly purple. Yeah. But you wouldn't say no to a pink or yellow. No. And it's purple, yellow, pink in that order. I purple was my least favourite. Snack. Seriously. That's gonna be with it. Come here. What makes snack the pur- or the the purple snack your favourite snack? It's the ceremony of eating the chocolate around the edge without interfering with the biscuit and doing that perfectly and then dipping the rest of it in the tea. Or just smashing it all in your mouth. <laughs> no, no, no. Or headbutting an Easter egg and then eating a purple snack. Oh, yeah. Like the other two are great, but like, I don't know, like, there's a bit of individuality I, I, I don't think I've had a pink snack since I was in primary school. But that's you just don't get them. But that was, like, that's, like, that was a. Whereas a, my dad loves a bit of shortbread. Right? That was a better version of a time in my opinion. Mm, I'm not too sure about that now. Yeah. I'll tell you what is good. And there are timeouts nowadays. We haven't Taking the time out. <laughs> uh, dime bars are a fucking business these days. Everyone knows a dime bar. Damn. Dime. Um, they went away for a while, didn't they? Actually, nobody seen, nobody loves a dime bar. But, but people love the... Yeah. And corporate and people are buying them. Yeah, because Cadbury's have them as well in their Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, they do. Um, I think I think we've done enough on this. <laughs> yeah, it's gone on a bit long. It was good chat though, really, really good chat. Uh, Owen, we had a little chat earlier about. So basically, this week we've had to, to go on to something a little bit more serious. This week we've had. Uh, sure, look. Yeah, you're dead right. Sorry. To, to keep on a same, similar level of seriousness, this week you had the first uh, debate between Boris Johnson and Jeremy Corbyn. And I'm not going to get into that. Uh, like My views are very clear. And if you want to follow me on Twitter and find out what I think of Boris Johnson as a cunt or the Royals or any of the bastards, just follow me on Twitter. Right? However, something Jeremy, Cor- Jeremy Corbyn is proposing if Labour 
win the next general election and come into government in the UK is no 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 not that four day working week and we were discussing earlier about so our working technical working hours are 39 hours a week we do 95 Monday to Friday and we have said that we would even compromise the nine, we would gladly compromise the 9 to 5 work the same total number of hours but reduce the number of days we work we both feel that way so the four day work how will it work the problem we have is like we work in the public sector and, and we work in an area of the public sector that requires cover you know, probably seven days a week, but the current situation early in the suitcase, it's five days a week. How do you do, like, the problem is, how do you do that? How do you fund for a resort, blah, blah, blah. Now, you mentioned wealth tax, like, probably wealth tax is one of the ways to go to the fund in these positions. Um, yeah. Ali, what do you make on a four-day work? As someone who is, you know, in the process of choosing a career pathway, right. etc., what do you make of a four day work? So, week? as or, it, it, or, an, or any alternative, yeah, uh, to a well, in the eyes of the state, I'm an uneducated worker because no, I don't have a yeah, degree, a diploma, a certificate, I have my, my, my leaving cert, right? And currently, I am doing a four day week because just there isn't enough business in the bar in Dunmore so. I have been, you know, we take, the, the, the bar closes from Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, and I do Friday to Monday, or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and I know, like, we had, we had a very tough summer, really busy, working five or six days a week, and doing nine or ten hours, pretty much, most days. Like, it's, they're long days. Yeah. But, so the three day, the four day week, sorry, has, has is welcome at this time of the year to relax and just a bit of a chill, right? But I think a four day four day working week uh, would be difficult to implement in a national scenario when you have unions involved and you have all sorts of people that just probably don't want to be working. But if anything, the unions would probably uh, the, the function of the union would be to promote and facilitate a four-day working week. Um, and I think you know ultimately a four-day working week will like there's a fine balance here on between you've got small and medium enterprises where you'll have like self-employed people who will work fucking ninety hours a week, hundred hours a week. Um, and then if they want to employ someone they need to they probably need that person employed beyond the four day working week so there's a fine balance there but the mandatory four day working week for a public sector employee can you work it in or what's your take on I think that a lot of it is down it's like down to look at what do people work at the moment what way do they work and what is the sufficient number of like contact hours that need to be there right because although maybe like a four day week working week in of itself may not work but an abridged four day working week where say you work Monday to Thursday I work Tuesday to Friday and like limit our like say like we're, we're, you were saying uh, I'd like to, you'd like you'd work the same amount of hours 
mm. in in that time frame, right? So then have the service so that there is like a, a more concentrated amount of work on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. right? Me and you do overlap, yeah. let's say on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but we're both working four day weeks whereby a Monday and a Friday are lesser yeah. days of work where, yeah. you know, where say like Monday and Friday are more admin days of work yeah. or something and like, you know, you know, there's less. You can get more done in the other. Yeah, like, exactly. Right. Money, yeah, yeah, but I think as well. But like, I, I yeah. just, I just think that like Monday to Friday, nine to five, is such an antiquated, like, like how many tech companies are working Monday to Friday, nine to five? How many of them? How many people in tech companies are working in? an office uh, Monday, Friday, sure. Monday, five. how many yeah. of them have like a, a, where they can work one day a week at home at five, at five o'clock in Dublin it's only 10am in San Francisco yeah it doesn't marry up um, the other thing yeah. as well is I think the concept I personally think the concept of the week and the weekend is very antiquated as well yeah, yeah, yeah. very very antiquated especially when it comes to public services and I think there needs to be a bigger drive towards public service. I personally would like to see more things nationalised rather than privatised. And then, like, you do away with the concept of... And, like, there, there are certain professions where, like, you know, it makes sense to have a week and a weekend and a break, like, educational institutions and stuff like that. Like, if you batter people at education seven days a week, you wear them out. I know, but at the same time, but, is, is there still, is there, is there talk about, like, education systems to, to marry up with that as well? Yeah. Whereby, like, you know, Should like, they prepare what, people for what they're going to be faced with in yeah, the real world? Yeah, well, like, do why, they become why, accustomed to? Why do kids have to? Why do kids have to be for five days a week? Why can they not do four days on, three days off, three days yeah. on? Four, you know, like why does that? Yeah. Have, why does it have to be? Uh, you know, I think well, I, I, I think it's it's actually with structure as well. Like you look like like a, a problem I felt like I had myself when I when I left school and took my year went back to college was getting back into the swing of having five days in a row where I had to get up early and do it like mm. when, 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 uh, when you're, you're not going to get much sympathy here for that though you know what I mean no like, come here don't get me wrong like, I know you do I what you have to do like. I shouldn't get much sympathy I don't I, I shouldn't be getting sympathy for it but like when you're used to doing it for so long and then yeah. you break the rhythm of doing it I, feel, I actually genuinely found it hard to Get ba- getting back into the rhythm of Jesus I'm up at fucking half seven I'm having my breakfast I'm at the door by eight and I'm in school for yeah. 20 tonight I, I, th- I think there's something here where like I think nations need to take more responsibility over their citizens need to take more care for them where right private sector public yeah. private sector public sector etc yes. like private sector you've got companies you've got international yeah. multinational companies making billions and billions of dollars of profit right mm-hmm. who have workers who are tied to really different contracts they're not giving them pensions etc etc they're making billions of dollars of profit and they rely on a high skill set uh, they rely on educated population to provide a service that will enable them to continue to make billions and billions of uninterrupted profits. Those same companies pay a very, very, very small amount of tax. Why should a multinational pay 2-3% tax on their entire earnings and make billions of dollars of profit and 
what we have to pay somewhere between 40 and 50 percent of tax and then in the same hand because we're not getting the revenue from public companies tax we are actually then getting a substandard public service so why we're paying high relative like moderate tax rates compared to like some other countries let's call it spade a spade we're getting very little bang for a buck in terms of the public services in terms of public transport public transport around Waterford is really really poor public transport around Dublin is adequate but you compare Dublin Dublin is better than any other part of Ireland for public transport but how disconnected is Dublin compared to Copenhagen compared to London mm. compared well, to New York well, compared to but that's, but that's not a reflection on the private companies like it's private, not the private companies are are moving here because of like that low Capital tax rate like you know and, and rightfully so like, if that's you know, like, means, I mean, like it's not them going like actually do you know what I'd actually I'd like to pay a little bit more tax they're just coming along going like, like I'm just going to pay what tax is there I'm going to pay that 12.5 or I'm going to pay I'm actually not well, even 12.5% it's not even that though because there, there, there's so many loopholes created yeah, for them but that's, the but that's, that's what I mean that, but that's not their fault like, I'm, like if there's a loophole there I'm going to absolutely but do, 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 do you know what, what the, I'll come back with this to you though right Apple right yeah Apple in the EU courts were found to owe Ireland billions 13, 13, 13 yeah, billion yeah who didn't want to take it the Irish government and do you know what not only that how much money did the Irish government spend fighting taking that exactly yeah and then you'll go into any fucking hospital in Ireland at the moment and you'll see people without a bed. You'll go into, you'll try and get a bus anywhere in Ireland at the moment, you won't get it. Try and fucking, you know. But that's what I'm saying. I don't, I, I actually. I'm not blaming the companies. That's what I'm saying. I don't think you can blame the companies. You have to blame the government. I am, but I am blaming the government. Like, but they need to, like, like, they're, they're. A private company's job is to make profit. Private don't give a shit about what happens. No, they want to make profit. Do you know, I understand like, that. And that's how they. That's how they're a capitalistic, yeah, company. Like that's they. They. They're, they're. But do you think? Do you think like, if we truly enforce the twelve point five percent tax on these companies, if we actually took twelve point five percent, I don't have figures, but it would go a long, long way to solving yeah. an awful lot of the social issues in Ireland at the moment. Uh, yeah, I ultimately do think. Yeah, I think we should be strict on a twelve and a half percent rather than totally lenient and like allowing these. Then go tax free, pretty much. Basically, yeah. why should percent? Why should I pay? Why should I pay fifty one percent tax on work I do when you've got Apple who are paying two percent, three percent tops. No, no. Do you know? Yeah, no, it's totally really That's what I'm saying. And, and, and I'm not, but I'm not saying the honest on the companies. And, and to be 100% honest with you, if you, right, we have a really high skilled for, task force. If Brexit goes ahead, we'll be the only English speaking European nation, primary English speaking European nation, then all of a sudden you become a key resource for these companies. Right, you increase their tax levels to what it should be. Yeah. They're probably do, there probably is an offset of loss of jobs, but with the the increase in revenue will more than offset that incentivize people give small SMEs more yeah. benefit benefits to hiring people you know actually give back to the population rather than like at the moment who's winning from the current system CEO of Apple CEO of Google and, and this kind of thing of like I just, I actually just don't understand that half the situation at all, right? Whereby the ultimately they came along, right? All right, we, Apple was thirteen billion, was it? I think it was thirteen point eight. Yeah, thirteen billion. Yeah, so anyway, right? We won't fall out over six hundred million when we're owed thirteen billion. So anyway, they're coming along and go. Actually, we're we're old. So the EU, the EU rules. Right, rule. We go. Yeah. Actually, Ireland are old. 
13 billion, right? And like in the same year that the children's hospital goes three billion over budget, right? That we just go. Actually, do you know what? No, Apple, you fucking have that money. You take that money. In the same year, the Ireland ploughed five hundred million more into the bonds that were burned ten years ago. Yeah, five hundred million public taxpayers' oh, money. Oh my god! So that's what I'm saying. But like, I just, I, I, like, and, and I actually don't understand how. That wasn't the biggest out for the government. I understand how, like, wh- where they're coming from in terms of going, like, oh, we want to keep multinational. You'd be so to Apple, yeah. You know, like, yeah. But then you put your hand Sorry, lads. The EU have said it. Yeah, sure, like, like, the EU have said it. The EU have said it. The have done a Jerry Maguire. Yeah, I'm sorry. Just Show me the money. Look, <laughs> do you know? Or even, like, look, yeah, lads, like, lads, just give us, like, give us 10 billion or something, right? It's billion. not like Apple you know? don't have that in very. Like, oh, you know, change. You know, like that's like, like they have that very they're, readily available. They're, they're, they're turning you know, over hundreds of billions, aren't no, they? No, are like no, aren't they like they're, they have that in cash? Aren't they like one of like if they were a nation, aren't they like the twentieth richest nation yeah. in the world or something? That's fucking crazy. I've just completely made that. Yeah, but the, but but this is my <laughs> but point. They're up there, like they're, they're up there. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyone who argues that oh, if you increase corporation tax or whatever, if you enforce all this, you lose lo- lose jobs and whatever. What are the jobs worth if you're working sixty hours a week and you have no life to live? Yeah. 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 What's that worth to someone? Yeah, yeah. And that's my point. It's what is the point like what is the point of us working? The point of us working is to provide for family. You have to fucking enjoy your life. Like what good is it working sixty sixty hours a week for a company paying two percent tax, you're paying fifty percent tax and you're in there sixty hours a week and you don't have sixty hours with your family a week. No. Ridiculous. What's the point of that? Yeah, no. So I reckon I'm all for it, and I, I'm like these people who are like, oh, but companies need this, companies that. Right. The thing is, if you're going to take in more money from the big boys, that can alleviate, that can part fund the positions that the smaller boys need to pay, and if they need to employ someone extra because they have to enforce a four-day working week, well, then if they employ a four-day week working week, can they not get a government grant for that? Mm-hmm. Because the government is taking more income from corporation tax than the bigger boys. And you redistribute the wealth to benefit smaller medium enterprise companies here that are local people, local food producers, local farmers, local um, grocers, local tech companies, small tech companies, startups and stuff like that. And you start reinvesting that money in actual Irish people doing actual Irish work. Mm. What, what I'd say as well is that like, for uh, like the public service, right? They also need to look at these private companies and go, right, these companies like Google, Facebook, right, are profitable. Like they are, well, not all of them are profitable. I suppose Twitter is actually a. a, a Snapchat's heavily heavily, unprofitable. But, okay, so maybe not the tech companies, but like. Uh, most but companies are huge like, multinationals. Yeah. yeah, huge multinationals op- operate to a profit, right? That's that's how they that's how they survive. That's how that's how they operate, right? Well, like, let's have a look at how they operate. Like, they cut out all this waste. Like, you yeah. know, say like the like the Volkswagen and stuff, right? Like, they, they like completely minimalized waste from from their production, like you know, mm. and like. Like the amount of waste in the health service is absolutely criminal. Criminal, criminal. Like in all other aspects of, it, uh, of of the public service, it's criminal. And then they won't 
then they won't fund like things like fucking stationery or something uh, in November <laughs> because the budget for stationery is out. Because, you know, yeah. oh, you'd have to wait till January now to order pens or something like. You know, it's it, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's well, a bit scandalous, really. We couldn't get labels this week. Yeah, we couldn't get labels this week because the stationery budget was overspent. But that's neither here nor there. Listen, lads. All we're going to do is we're going to ask some quick fire questions before we finish up here yeah. uh, and then we're going to continue this conversation off mic because you could talk all fucking night about it enjoy one or two more points here for the games. Uh What's the best book you've read in 2019? Ooh, um, best book. Um, I'm actually reading a really good book at the moment um, uh, that was given by a colleague of mine it's called I Am Legend. Uh, no, yeah. it's not I Am Legend. I Am Pilgrim. I am Pilgrim. I am Pilgrim. Ne- Neve's read it. My mother's read it. They're uh, rave so reviews. I'm about only about twenty percent through it at the moment, but it's gripped me, and I, I think it will be my best book of twenty nineteen. Really good. Yeah. Uh, Ali. Um, I read a book on holidays. I think it was a John Grisham book. It's about this man who's back in Vietnam, and it's just a very intense book, and it doesn't end. Too. I thought the book was about holidays. You read a book when you were on no, holidays. sorry, yeah. sorry. No, but um, I don't know the name of it. But to be fair, when I was reading it by the pool, it was mm. actually for the first half of 2019, I read Les Mis, and I would recommend going back to it. Yeah, had you never read it before? I've never read Les Mis. Yeah. Oh, boy, fucking. What's wrong with him? John Valjean. No. And Hathaway. No. But anyway, I, I uh, Hugo, Victor Hugo. I'd ne- I'd never read a book before, and it took me six months, I think, to read it. And mm-hmm. it is so fucking long, and I would recommend nobody ever to, to read it. Just watch a film. Yeah. Watch the show. It is. It's Watch you, Jack. Yeah. It's fucking. Um, so, John Grisham for you. Uh, I, am I am Pilgrim for you. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say there's there's two. There's one called the Hurlers. Have you read that? No. No. It's yeah. actually quite good. I bought it for Neil's mother for Christmas yeah. last year, and I've read it after, since. And it's actually about the founding of the GA and about how the cultural impact that had in the late 19th century and how the impact like the the famine had on the revolution and the revival of like Gaelic society basically. Uh, that was really good. But the I love a sports biography. I love a good yeah. one. Yeah. There are so many bad ones. So many bad. Like, caught mm. a spade a spade. I read Dan Carter's one last year, and I actually it was like reading. A, oh no! Oh, it was terrible. It was terrible. Kimi Räikkönen, right? Kimi's he's only like, ever he's only ever going to do one book. He let one guy in. He's really really private. He's one of my fucking idols. I met him when I was a teenager in Barcelona, pissing in the urinal in a nightclub, which was amazing, for like thirty seconds. He's an absolute idol of mine and his autobiography is amazing absolutely amazing it's, it's really really good um, it's a great insight into the man good. that was really good uh, best film you think that's been released in 2019 oh um, god I actually haven't been to the cinema in ages Endgame oh great um, film when was no I think that was last year when was Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse this one oh great movie Last year, but great. I think it's last year. Yeah. 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 I'll let you out. Yeah. End um, games number two, and I would say Joker is number one for me. I haven't seen it. Saw it. It's really good. Saw about three weeks ago, and I'd seen a lot of stuff on Twitter about yeah. like oh. Oh, actually, um, the quiet place. The quiet place. Good. Is this one? Yeah. They're in the forest, and they have to be. 
coiled or else they get like attacked yeah, or something. So it's um your man from uh, the Chris office. Uh, no. Jim. Jim from the office. Is it? Uh, Jim Halpert is John Krasinski. Krasinski. Yeah. Him. He directs it. Stars in it. Class. Unbelievable. Very good. So good. Like okay. you will, you yourself will be watch. quite for the whole film because yeah. you're Brilliant. so involved in it. Um, right. All you really, yeah, joke. I was, I was going to take the piss and say Downton Abbey. <laughs> Muck. But come here, Joker, like, like. Yeah, really, really good. You know, really I'm, dark. I'm a fan of the yeah. the, the DC's Marvel's all out right, and I have to say, the, the, the it's not a superhero the, movie. It's not a superhero movie. It's not a comic book but movie. But at the same time, it ties back into like yeah. the the start of. It brings Batman back. To it the does, 80s. And, I, and I think it's. I was really yeah. impressed. Really, really, I was really impressed. Uh, and come here. Uh, sorry, Gorgasic. Someone said on Twitter it wasn't gory enough. Right? Yeah. And. I I see where they're coming from, but at the same time, the setup of the Joker. Well, it's it's to, to the last. It's how he becomes minutes. it. But it's, exactly. it's how he becomes it. Yeah, I think it's perfect. I wouldn't um, change. Yeah, I wouldn't. Oh, change. it's really it's really good. Um, guys, thanks a million for listening. Uh, you can support the Stunkast on Patreon if you go there we have different tiers available if you want to support us anything from the price of a cup of coffee a month to the price of a, not even a cup of coffee you can support us from 1 euros a month to 50 euros a month anything in between uh, go and check it out see there's benefits for people uh, the more people who support us the more we can provide etc etc and it's www.patreon.com for slash Snowcast we're also on uh, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter we're Snowcasting all those please like, follow, subscribe engage the whole lot uh, we'd really really appreciate it uh, thanks a million for listening thanks for staying with us guys this is fucking great crack yeah <laughs> I actually really really enjoy this do you know what podcasting is a real wintry thing <laughs> uh, when you're sitting in the snug when you're sitting in the snug with a fire burning it's really really good uh, we drank some fucking brilliant beers check them out if you come across them check Phil Grimes out if you're in Waterford thanks a million for tuning in uh, part and word for the listeners all um, stay away from yourselves I love you all you're big fans of all of us and me and you and I love you to bits you are amazing people we might delete that and <laughs> <laughs> I have one thing to say to you. Vamos al equipo de fútbol de Dorados Sinaloa. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.